Good morning. Oh, this is exciting. Let's see here. Good morning. And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jeff Jackson. I am the most blessed person on the planet of Earth because I get to be the principal of Rogue Valley Adventist Academy. It is so good. So good. Uh, and, and, and this is my first time I've been an academy principal. I've been a K-8 principal. But mixing those two together, that's an experience. That's an experience. It, it is so exciting to get to work with students of all the different ages. And the thing that I love the most is the idea of being able to work with students in kindergarten and first grade and know that we have the opportunity to work with them for like 11 years. That's amazing. That's an amazing opportunity to keep on connecting with them, letting them know that we have their back the entire time, that, that we're going to be praying for them the entire time. We're going to be hoping to connect them to Jesus non-stop. What, what a unique opportunity. And in fact, there's a couple extra crazy things going on this year that I don't know that everybody knows, and so I want to talk about it. One of them you've heard about, and that's Bible camp, our first time in three years being able to go to Bible camp. That's a miracle. Bible camp's amazing. I've been, I think, three different times. It's phenomenal every time. There's another crazy thing going on, and, and this is actually kind of courtesy of many students, but Megan Ziegley is starting this. There, if you were to type in the Hawk Times, you would discover that we have just published for the first time ever a student-led publication online. It, it actually, the very first articles were, were published just yesterday, and they're all about student experiences at uh, Bible conference. This is crazy, and so it's going to be totally student-led. Uh, they're able to post things on there. They'll be writing all sorts of articles, and so you can be able to check those things out and know what's going on. The Hawk Times, uh, crazy exciting. Uh, we have all sorts of fun sports. You guys know about those things. There's a super top secret sport that nobody talks about. It's called middle school cross country. And, and if you don't know what that is, I invite you out Thursday, in fact, because if you come to the school, we have designed the hardest cross country course ever designed in the history of the world. And, and we have like five or three or four four schools coming, and, and we're going to compete with them, and it's a 3K for middle school, and, and we actually need some people to stand in certain locations to make sure we don't lose anyone. We could also use doctors and nurses because it's a hard course, and it's supposed to be pretty warm. Uh, so yeah, if, if you, Mr. Bennett knows all about that, so you can check with him. Coming up soon is Fall Festival. Uh, really fun to come hang out and see all the students and, and get to spend time together. And, and a special shout out to Danielle Philby, who's home in school, and she's awesome. Uh, we have a STEM lab now with, with a laser cutter and engraver, several 3D printers. We're actually building a green screen so the students can start making movies. The 7th and 8th graders are actually making Bible stories right now, some Jonah. So we're trying to get that done in time for them to be fully swallowed by large fish, and, and that'll be nice and exciting. Um, we have a Mac lab and Mr. Robinson back teaching. We have intro to psychology with, with Bronson Dole, which is awesome. Dr. Perry's been jumping into chemistry. Uh, Johnny is doing auto, me auto mechanics. Seventh, eighth grade, almost every day goes down and helps K to uh, four, almost every afternoon, connects with those students, helps them with all sorts of things. And, and the other part that's crazy exciting is we're, we're trying to really dial in our chapels. And every Tuesday, 
from the K-8 side of things, they actually can come up during lunchtime and meet with Mrs. Jackson, and, and we want them to be student-led chapels as much as anything else. And so this last Friday, we didn't have school, but the Friday before that, on our K-8 side of things, it was pretty much all student-led. They, they welcomed everybody. They did everything. We want these students to know that they are leaders now. There, there's nothing for them to wait for. Let's jump up. Let's get there. And, uh, and one little student was so excited to go up there on Tuesday, and then when Friday came for chapel, he wasn't quite so excited, and, and, and that was okay. I said, look, you don't have to come up, but, but the other student said, no, 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 and they did positive peer pressure. Peer pressure always gets a bad rap, but it can be good, too, and, and they went down, and they peer pressured him up, and, and this is how he sang the whole time. <laughs> the whole time, he just sang with his back to everybody, and, and I walked over there and kind of signaled him, and I got him to about here by the end of chapel. But you know what's going to happen by, like, Christmas? He's going to be, like, here, right? And, and then by next year, he's going to be right here, and he's going to be preaching, and it's going to be awesome. That, that's the exciting thing that we get to do, and, and that's the exciting thing that we're called to do is to work with young people. I love the Seventh-day Adventist church because we're not just a church. I love church, but we're not just a church. We see that we're more than that. We have schools all over the world. We have hospitals all over the world. We recognize that we're called to serve. We're called to continue to raise up the next generation. We're called to point people to the only thing that matters, Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm excited to be here this morning. I'd love to start with a word of prayer, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Dear God, we are excited to be here because this is your church. And Lord, you have plans for each one of us, plans for today, but also plans for the next several years and, 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 and ways that we can serve this community, ways that we can point more people to you. We are so excited for you to come take us from here and take us home to our real home. But until that day, we want to be powerfully serving you. So we ask that you join us here. We know that you're here. Uh, we lift up this day to you. Thank you for all you do for us. Amen. I never use technology up here because I'm so scared that it won't work, and I've seen other people do it, but we're going we're gonna to try. Oh, it's so, it works so well. There's this book. It's called Make Every Day Count, and I use this with eighth graders. Uh, I, I always taught like multi-grades, often taught multi-grades. I usually had fourth to eighth grade all in one room, and so I always had to make the, I wanted to make the eighth graders feel special because they're getting close to the end, and so there was usually a book that they worked through, and this is Make Every Day Count by Max Licato. He's, he's kind of my jam. I, I like reading his stuff. And, and I want to start with one part that's in there. And, and it's excerpts from the diary of a dog. And then followed by eps, excerpts of a diary of a cat. And so first, 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 you got to think like, we usually break, I try to break people into, or we think like there's dog people and cat people. But then I almost got attacked because some people said there are dog and cat people. So, okay, there's three categories, I guess. That's good. But here's, here's excerpts from the diary of a dog. 8 a.m., oh boy, dog food, my favorite. 9.30, oh boy, a car ride, my favorite. 9.40, oh boy, a walk, my favorite. 10.30, oh boy, another car ride, my favorite. 11.30, oh boy, more dog food, my favorite. 12 o'clock, oh boy, the kids, my favorite. Oh boy, the yard, my favorite. Oh boy, the kids again, my favorite. Oh boy, the dog food again, my favorite. Oh boy, my mom, or the mom, my favorite. Oh boy, playing ball, my favorite. Oh boy, sleeping in my master's bed, my favorite. The diary 
of a dog. Not bad. But we also have a possible excerpt from the diary of a cat. And this one, we have a couple slides because I wanted to zoom in so we can kind of see it. And it says this, day 283 of my captivity. My captors continue to taunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. They dine lavishly on fresh veggie meat while I'm forced to eat dry cereal. I'm sustained by the hope of escape and the mild satisfaction I derive from ruining a few pieces of furniture. Tomorrow I may eat another houseplant. I attempted to kill my captors this morning by weaving through their walking feet. Nearly succeeded. Must try this strategy at the top of the stairs. Seeking to disgust and repulse my vile oppressors, I once again induced myself to vomit on their favorite chair. Must try this on their bed. To display my diabolical disposition, I decapitated a mouse and deposited the headless body on their kitchen floor. They only cooed and condescended, patting my head and calling me a strong little kitty. Hmm, not working according to plan. During a gathering of their accomplices, they placed me in solitary confinement. I overheard that my confinement was due to my power of allergies. Must learn what this means and how to use it to my advantage. I'm convinced the other household captives are flunkies, perhaps snitches. The dog is routinely released and seems naively happy to return. He is no doubt a halfwit. The bird speaks with the humans regularly, must be an informant. I am certain he reports my every move due to his current placement in the metal cage. His safety is assured, but I can wait. It's only a matter of time. The day of a dog, the day of a cat, one content, the other conniving, one at peace, the other at war, one grateful, the other grumpy. Same house, same circumstances, same master, yet two different attitudes. Which diary reads more like yours? Wow, wow, same circumstances, totally different perspective. And we could say, well, let's be more like the dog. Let's just love everything always. But unfortunately, if you're like me, you have one of these, and it doesn't allow you to love everything always. And I'm not talking social media because I have none. Pastor Brandon said, hey, I'm trying to find you on Facebook. Like, nah, nothing. No, so that's just, I can't do that. But but people still, like, I get these texts sometimes, and sometimes it's like 8 o'clock at night, and you're thinking like, you know what? Today was a good day. Then it's like, and you think, should I? Should I? And I do, inevitably, and I grab the thing, and I go, okay. All right, let's, let's think this through. And, and in fact, I'd go through it like this. I'd go through it like this. Last Sabbath, we were here in church, and it was fantastic, and there was a hike, and we were like, we should go on that hike. But then we went home, and we were like, actually, we're crazy exhausted. And so we laid, and we were doing some reading kind of in and out of consciousness, I think all three of us. And, and then we were like, man, it's like 90 degrees. It's nice outside. Let's go for a hike. And so I think we went to lower tabletop rock we, we had done upper, we went to lower, and we pulled in, and we get out, and we start walking, and it's like, this is nice. In, in, in fact, you start to go up, and some of the places, there's that little covered area, and it's actually starting to get a hint of fall colors, and it was absolutely gorgeous. 
and everything was so perfect. And we were cruising along, looking around, looking up, just like, you know what? Life's not bad. Actually, we weren't even thinking that. We were just thinking, this is awesome. This is absolutely awesome. And then as I was walking, I heard uh, something kind of beside me, which is no problem because there's lizards and all sorts of things around there. Uh, But in fact, what I discovered was that was there. In fact, it was in the bushes right beside me. And, and, And I didn't like that very much. And so I jumped back a little bit and I said, hey, stop everybody. And, and lo and behold, the snake just comes cruising across the trail. And so I worked up a little bit of courage and took a picture of it. Uh, and and, and I'm, I'm confident there has got some rattles there on the end. In fact, he rattled them just a couple of times. And, and so all this great feeling that we had kind of fell apart. And I want to read one quick thing from the Bible, just in case you guys think that I'm a chicken. It says this, Genesis 3, 14 and 15 So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you will be punished. You are singled out from all the domestic and wild animals of the whole earth to be cursed. You will grovel in the dust as long as you live, crawling on your belly. But here's the kicker. From now on, you and the woman will be enemies, and your offspring and her offspring will be enemies. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. It's biblical that I am an enemy of this thing. And, and so seeing that, oh, did I kill it? Oh, there it is. Uh, seeing that, I, I was like kind of scared. And in fact, uh, one of us, not to point fingers, but Mrs. Jackson, uh, was like about to go sprinting back down the trail. Uh, Grace was like, I feel pretty good, but my legs are kind of shaky. And I was thinking like, well, let's just let him keep on going. We're all going to be okay. Let's keep on cruising. And that was all great. And so lo and behold, he did, could care less about us. He crossed the trail and he went back up. He kept on going. I waited until he was about 10 feet away. He went over a little stick and then just rattled his tail really quick just to make sure I was super freaked out. And then I was like, okay, let's keep on hiking. We, in fact, had a little talk of like, should we return to the car or should we keep on going? It's like, man, we got to make it up. Otherwise, we're going to be living in fear forever. So we kept on walking. Prior to that, everything was looking up and looking around and noticing how beautiful it was. And the whole rest of the day, the entire walk was this. (laughs) And even I would say in my head, and I said it out loud, what are the odds of seeing two rattlesnakes in one hike? Like, logically, we're good. It's over. We don't have to worry about it anymore. But there was no logic needed. Because it's not a what if. It's a that just happened. There are snakes. It's warm. Trail's probably warm. I don't want to do anything. People would come along the trail sometimes where it's kind of narrow, and it's like, no, you're walking into the forest. I'm standing in the middle of the trail. You go around me. Uh, The rest of the hike was just looking down back and forth. We went from enjoying this marvelous, gorgeous, God-given place where we can go and, and see his nature, see what he's designed for us, and it switched to, oh, man, the next step is absolutely terrifying. It's amazing how quick that happens. It's amazing how quick I can go from the dog to the cat, right? To everybody's out to get me. And, and, and that's the end of the slideshow because I don't trust technology. Uh, and and so, so what do we do about that? What do we do in our lives? Because inevitably we're going to have ups and downs. In, th- in fact, the Bible says, Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles, right? That's the promise. 
That's the promise. In this world, you will have troubles. And it's hard to just smile and wave and kind of jump through things and pretend like everything's going to be okay because we're promised to have troubles. And we know that Jesus said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And I love that piece, but I don't know about you, but I'm still trapped in this world. I'm, I'm still here, right? We know that he's overcome the world. He's going to come get us one day. We're going to go to heaven, and then I don't have to stress out about snakes. Uh, I guarantee there's no cell phones in heaven. Uh, there, there's all these sorts of things that are going to happen, but right now we have responsibilities. As the principal of a school, I feel like I have a big responsibility, and I want that big responsibility, but I need to take it and take it very serious of, of making sure that we're the best place for students to be. That's, that's it. It's that or nothing. We want to be the best place for students to be because, A, it's got Adventists written on the name of it, and B, we're entrusted with the most important things in the whole world, and that's parents' kids. The most important thing in the whole world, we have to be the absolute best. And because of that, that raises that stress level just a little bit. There's a, there's a story that you guys know, and, and you guys know the Bible, and so there's, there's not going to be a whole lot of like, wow, I never heard that story before. But, but there's a story right here that, that we all know super, super well, and this is in Mark 4, 35 to 41. Mark 4, 35 to 41. You know it already. It, it's, when, it, it's when they're in a storm and Jesus is just sleeping. Jesus is just sleeping. We'll read it real quick. It says, uh, Mark 4, 35 to 41, As evening came... Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. He was already in the boat, so they started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until the boat was nearly full of water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Frantically, they woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? When he woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, Quiet down. I like that he said that to water. Quiet down. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm, and he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? It's kind of crazy, and I, and I want to think about that for just a second and maybe pick it apart because the part that I, and I think I've said this even here before, part of my frustration with the Bible is these epic stories are like eight sentences long, but, but in real life, that's an epic story. It's only eight sentences long because sometimes we say Jesus was so filled with God that he was able to sleep through a storm, and, and that's great. That's great. But for me, one of the things that I do when I get kind of stressed out in my own life or I start to think, how could I have made that mistake or how could I have done this? I actually like to read about the disciples. Um, in, in school, we say like bullies sometimes find somebody weaker than them and, and then make fun of them to make themselves feel better. That's horrible. But I, I, can, I can relate a small bit because sometimes I read about the disciples to make myself feel a little bit better. Like, like they had Jesus with them. We, we learned today in children's story, yeah, we know Jesus is real, but, but they were like holding hands with them. They were like 
high-fiving him. He was in the boat with them, and they were still freaked out. And what that does for me is it means when I'm freaked out, that's okay. We're all kind of made to make these mistakes where we go up and down, and sometimes we're crushing it, and we're connected with Jesus in everything that we do, and then other times we say, I think I can handle this on my own. The disciples perhaps said, Jesus is tired. We are boat experts. Why don't we just handle this storm on our own so that Jesus can rest? Maybe it happened that way. Like these people have been in boats their whole life, and so they're like, ah, we don't actually need Jesus on this one. We can handle it. Until it got so big, then they were like, whoa, 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 where was Jesus on this? And they wake him, and then he handles it. Or perhaps the storm wasn't such a big deal, and, and, and it took a while before it escalated. And then they called on Jesus. But the thing was that Jesus was in their boat the entire time. And in our lives, we're going to go through storms, and sometimes we're going to try to handle them on our own for whatever reason that we get that way. But the part that sticks out to me is that Jesus is in our boat, and he's just waiting. He's ready at any moment. He's not concerned. He's not stressed out. He's ready for us at any moment to say, Jesus, I need you. And he's like, oh, calm down, everything. No worries. We got it. We got it. That was to get them safely across the lake. How much more important, how much more, I don't know that God ranks things, but if he did, how much more important would be Adventist education? How much more important would be all of the young people that were, I think we have 141 students that we get to work with this year. That's huge. That Each one of them, Jesus knew by name before they were born. Each one of them Jesus had plans for before they were born. Part of their plans is to be able to be a part of being molded together as a team and with fellow students at Rogue Valley Adventist Academy. That's crazy. God has huge plans, and Jesus is right there in the boat at all times. All he's saying is, yeah, we got this. Oh, oh ye of little faith, I've got your back right? How beautiful is that? There's one, more, there's one more story because the Bible is a little bit man-heavy, male-heavy. There's actually some female people that jump into this also. And so Luke 10, 38, 42. Luke 10, 38, 42 says this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you're so upset over all these details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. Perhaps some of the things that we're stressed out about, sometimes they, are, they really are a big deal. But maybe they're just the details of life that a year from now we won't even remember were important. Or a week from now we won't even remember our important. Somehow in our lives, I think we need to pray through and think through what's the most important part. 
Because there are things that are so important. Learning about Jesus, knowing that he has our back, connecting our students with Jesus, life or death. Life or death. That we're not blowing that out of proportion. That is life or death. Some of the other things that we get so worked up about, some of the other things that we, that we do want to make sure are done well because we want to be a great school. We want to be the best school. We want to make sure that our schedules are dialed in. We want to make sure that our sports have all these things, and I love those things because that's an outlet for our students. It's a way for them to, to connect all those things. But life or death, is about connecting kids to Jesus. And we can use sports. We do use sports to do that. We use all those things. I'm not, I'm not trying to rank anything. I'm saying what we have is exactly what he said right there. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. We want to connect these students to Jesus forever, for eternity. It, it's pretty huge. Over the course of this year, over the course of hopefully the next several years, we're on a journey. We want to get closer and closer to being the best that we can possibly be at connecting students. In fact, when they went to Bible camp, they came back and they said, oh, the worships were awesome. The worships were fantastic. What we would need to do is, is to say, what does that mean? How do we reconnect that? How do we remake that here? So it's not like, hey, once a year, we get three epic days of worship. We can do that. We can do that. We can do that at school. We have chapels and all those things, and, and that's one of the areas where we want to be able to focus and make sure that it's opportunities for students to not say, uh, that band did such a good job. I wish we had that band. Instead say, what did they do well? What did you like? Let's train you to be able to do that. Be on that praise team. Make that praise team. Let's, let's design that to be able to happen here. That's going to be the epic adventure. And, and all of those things, there's no way that God's in heaven saying, man, I don't care if worship's mediocre uh, or if chapels are mediocre or if this is, like he wants greatness at all times. And when we have God in our boat, when we have Jesus having our back, we're unstoppable. There was a doctor in Roseburg that I would sometimes talk with and he would say, hey, what's happening with school? And he'd come in and sit down with me. Uh, and he would say this, and, and I, this isn't a me thing. I don't mean it that way, so please, but, but it, was, it was one thing that I would tell him all the things that I'm working on and that I'm stressed about and all sorts of things, and he would say, here's something that I tell my son, and I want to tell it to you. With you and Jesus, you're unstoppable. With you and Jesus, you're unstoppable. I'd give him this laundry list of things that are impossible that will never go right, and, and every time he would cut it down to, with you and Jesus, you're unstoppable. And it was such a clear-cut thing. And some people might say, I think I've said that to somebody that's like, well, that's kind of a cop-out. Like, come on, he should have been able to help you. To me, that's what I needed. In the olden days, I had a Nintendo, the first one, like in 1986 or something, the very first one. And, and you'd be playing like Mario Brothers, and it would freeze up, and, and there was nothing you could do until you went over, and you turned it off, and you turned it back on. We, nowadays, we just call that a hard reset because it sounds cooler for tech people to like, oh, give it a hard reset. What do you mean? Turn it off and turn it back on. Like, how much did I just pay you for that insight? That's so good. A hard reset. Sometimes we need a hard reset. To me, that was a hard reset. I would tell them my list of issues. You and Jesus, unstoppable. 
That's something that we can remember. It isn't that we want to be the dog or the cat. The dog was a little bit simple. I don't know how much he did. I don't know if you have dogs. They just have a brand new study that came out last week that says dog can smell anxiety. Your dog can smell anxiety. They had four metal canisters and they would rearrange it in all sorts of different ways and have one with whatever odor anxiety produces from humans uh, and the dog could sniff it out every single time. Your dog could smell anxiety because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I have a bad day, uh, Grace has a nice little Shih Tzu, and, and it knows when, when something's going on, and all it will do is just sit on my lap, right? It'll just sit there. It's, it's got no agenda. Sometimes it has an agenda. It wants me to scratch it and do all sorts of things, but it can tell when I'm super stressed out. It just sits there. Like, I, I'm just here. I'm just here. No agenda. I think we have an amazing God that says the same thing, and I think we can actually be that for other people. Lots of times we have an agenda, it's true. But what if we just show up and say, I got no agenda, I'm just here for you, right? What, what if we said for 180 days a year, you know you're surrounded by people that have your back? How beautiful would that be? That, that's going to take hard work, but it's going to take miracles. It's going to take a whole bunch of the Holy Spirit. All stuff we've been promised. All stuff we've been promised. It's no problem. I want to end with this verse. We know this, Philippians uh, 4, 6, and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's it. That, that was an if then. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell him what you need and thank him for all he, all he has done. If you do this, you will experience peace. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. I'm crazy excited because I think uh, I've loved how the students have grown and we've grown together so far. And, and I think it's just such a small amount of what's going to happen. We have great seniors who are providing great leadership. We have juniors that are excited to be the seniors next year. We have all these people down below that are ready to, to support each other and to help each other out. And, and, and I think that's exactly what God had in mind. When he invented Adventist education many, many years ago, he said, 2022, 2023, I got this plan. Medford, I got this plan. I want to set this stuff up now because right then I, I have some students that I, I have something special for them, and, and I want to make sure that it's ready. Thank you as a church for all you do for the church and for this community. Thank you for your support for Adventist education. I can tell you I'm only here because of Adventist education, period, period. It changed my life. It planted so many seeds that when I was 21 and wanted to rip out all those seeds, there were so many in there, they just kept on sprouting. And I would get mad and rip those ones out. And it's like, nope, got plenty more seeds in there. Your, your teachers have planted them so deep, you can't rip them all out. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. That's what we want to do. Hopefully, we don't have a bunch of students that want to rip out those plants. But if we do, let's plant trillions. Let's plant trillions. Uh, 
As, as we continue on this, I'd, I'd love to make sure that we stay nice and connected. One of the reasons why we want to start a, a videography at our school is so that we can be making some videos of things happening at school so that we can play them at church because, because we want to make sure you get to share in some of those amazing miracles that are happening and seeing the students hard at work. In November, we'll have a grand opening for our STEM lab and our MAC lab. And STEM is science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Uh, so, so that will be there. We'll have a grand opening, a ribbon cutting ceremony. We're waiting on some back ordered furniture. We'd love to invite everybody out because these are the times where we raise an Ebenezer. These are the times where we say, man, God just did something epic. Because he continues to do things in our past, we see these, we know he still has plans for the future. And, and it's going to be a huge thing uh, when we get to heaven and God says, let's party. Remember what you guys did that year? Let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that. Let's have a great time together. And, and we'll all be there, and we'll all fully understand these things that we've been through, these plans that God's gone through, uh, and, and it'll be a great time to fellowship together. Thank you for all the amazing things you do. I'd love to have a word of prayer with you. Dear God, you are an amazing God, and you're a God of action. You have huge plans. And, and so, God, as we work through these plans, as we pray through these plans, as we teamwork through these plans, we ask that you be at the front of them, for you to be the one guiding. We lift up every one of the students that we have. We lift up everybody here at church. Lord, we just ask for a Sabbath rest. We want that peace that passeth understanding. So, Lord, we ask that you fill us, uh, continue making huge plans, continue pushing us all forward. And, and we just give it all to you when we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.